So I'm running out of things to say about Alabama. They've completely separated themselves from the rest of the country. There's there's no weaknesses to this team. Alabama has three guys that can legitimately win the Heisman. Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith. Mac Jones has solidified himself as a first-round pick. His ball placement on some of these throws are some of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Like, they feel like extended handoffs, the way he can drop it in there 40, 50, 40, 50 yards down the field. Like, I can't even explain it. Najee Harris is... Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't know what that is. Uh, Najee Harris, he's going to win the Doak Walker. Um, so they threw in a four-string running back against LSU. And I was sitting there, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. They have... <laughs> they are that deep in their depth chart that they can just throw in a four-string running back. And he runs all over LSU. And then they threw in, threw in another guy for like two plays... And I was like, this is ridiculous. They are five deep at the running back position, and they can run over anybody. They're so dominant. And I think you said it so well. Mac Jones going deep is essentially a high percentage completion right now. Like him and Devontae Smith, they they have literally just in King's spoils in terms of weapons across the board. Like this team has no weaknesses. My only concern is like, hey, do you peak too soon in the regular season? Because we've seen that with other teams just come out flaming hot and then at the end of the season kind of get figured out or not have to play a full game. So I wonder like, okay, will Alabama be in trouble when they find out they have to play a full game in the SC championship game or in the in the college football playoff? Will that hinder them? But as of right now, maybe I'm just being too pessimistic. And you know, if, if you're rolling and you can roll through every team, why would you not? Right. Yeah, Devontae Smith is the Devontae Adams of college football, where there's literally no one that can guard him. Like, there's there's nothing you can do about it. You can be in perfect position, and he's going to catch it over you, or you could try to run stride for stride with him, and he's just going to run right by you. It This offense is insane. It doesn't, like, they lose five, what was it, five guys? Was it five guys that were drafted in the first round from this offense? Something crazy like that. And they Something got, crazy like that. And they got better. Like, they got better. What? They got better. I wonder how much they're benefiting from COVID because you see these teams in COVID. The the best teams that were good before COVID are the ones that are even making that gap larger during COVID. Like you think, like Nick Saban is not playing around right now with the COVID stuff. Alabama does not care about COVID. They are not changing their practice schedule with COVID. They are wearing a mask and they are keeping it business as usual. Whereas I think a lot of other teams are struggling more from a culture standpoint. Nick Saban doesn't play about culture, and that is, I think, really showing itself even more so during this pandemic. Yeah. Um, defensively for them, um, so I know they gave up a couple big plays to LSU. Don't don't even worry about that. Like, it happens. Other guys have guys, too. Like, there's, there's plenty of other athletes on other teams. Uh, but they're excellent at every single level. At corner, so at corner, Patrick Sertan and Malachi Moore, they get uh, most of the recognition. But Josh Job is a guy that I like a lot that – doesn't get enough recognition but the difference for this Alabama team now for these past like four or five weeks versus the beginning of the season is their safety play that they've gotten much better um communicating back there tackling everything that's been the big difference for them so they are as complete of a team that I've ever really seen in college football yeah it's gonna be fun to watch them play Florida in the SEC championship game man they're gonna have a really great test with Pitts and Trask and you know, all the weapons they have because, I mean, they really haven't been in a game with anybody yet. It's just been a glorified scrimmage every single week. And, yeah, their defense just keeps getting better. The offense keeps getting better. So 
it seems like they're almost trending up if that's even possible to do for Alabama. They keep getting better and better when they already were so good at the start of the season. So uh, it's going to be an absolute clash of the Titans when they play Florida. I'm excited for that one, man. Definitely. Uh, so Ohio State, uh, they play their most complete game of the season, a 40-point win over Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Despite not having Ryan Day, 60% of their offensive line, and 23 guys total because of COVID, last week we talked about them you know, kind of needing to look impressive in these games because they have a limited amount of games. Their schedule is only, was it, six games? Yeah, six games and then the Big Ten yeah. Championship game. Um, so they took care of business of that. Um, before we talk about their matchup with Michigan and the Big Ten Championship game, do you think that they'll be ranked ahead of one-loss Clemson this week? I think they should be. I think they should be because they had adversity for the first time this season outside of the Indiana game. I don't even know if you really call that adversity besides just a good competitive game. But the biggest thing that I was impressed by with Ohio State was there was a real sense of urgency, whereas there might have not been one if you had everybody healthy in in your lineup. They had three of their five offensive linemen out of the game, and you could even see watching them in pregame. You know, ESPN during game day was panning back and forth different, you know, pregame warm-up clips of them, and you could see just different – different focus almost from Ohio State. They were juiced up. It seemed like there was a really high sense of urgency. Uh, like, hey, we, we know we need to play a good game and come out and take care of business against a rival team as well as, you know, it's a big game with, with being, what was it, like 15, 20 guys down because of COVID. So, and not to mention your head coach, which changes things a bit. So it was fun to see Ohio State have pressure applied to them from external circumstances and respond as well as they did. That really, did a, that really showed me quite a bit uh, for this Ohio State team. Yeah. Um, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think that they will be ranked ahead of Clemson this week. Because right now, I, I still don't think that they're a better team than Clemson. But I think, um, if not this week, then next week, that they will be ranked mm-hmm. ahead of Clemson just because they're undefeated. But if Clemson goes out there and they see a championship game and they throttle Notre Dame, then even yep. with the one loss, they will they will probably be ranked ahead of Ohio State based on... Um, you know, the impressive resume, having a win over Notre Dame and Miami, who's a top, they're in the top 10. Yeah, they're in the top 10. And then, um, and then the number of games they play, I think that is also going to play. And I think they don't want to talk yeah. about it, but I think when someone has 12 games versus someone who has six or seven, then the committee will kind of sway towards Clemson. I mean, it'd be something interesting to, to keep an eye on unless Ohio State goes out there and, you know, wins by 60 every single game, then yeah, I, I fully expect Clemson to, in the final rankings, if they win the ACC, ACC championship game, to be ranked ahead of Ohio State in the final rankings. Yeah, I would agree with you. If they can go in and just kind of uh, re-establish themselves in a win against Notre Dame in convincing fashion, they're definitely the better team. Um, I think right now the win against Indiana says a lot to me for Ohio State and the fact they've taken care of business against the rest of the teams they're supposed to take care of business against. So in the current rankings, I'd be surprised if Ohio State – I shouldn't say surprised. I would personally put Ohio State ahead of Clemson, but in the long run, I think you're exactly right. Sample size for Clemson's bigger, and if they can take care of business against Notre Dame, that's really going to say a lot. But bottom line, they're both final four teams, Kendall. Oh, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's already that's already there. Um, but yeah. Back to their matchup with Michigan. So they open as a 30-point favorite. It's the largest spread in this game since 1978. Um, they beat Michigan 56-27 to last year. Uh, 62 to 39 two years ago and I think this one's gonna be a lot worse yeah this is gonna be an absolute bloodbath if you're a Michigan fan uh Jim Harbaugh 
needs to keep within that 30 points if he wants to save his job. His job might already be gone. I don't know. I don't know how seriously Michigan is taking into account this pandemic. But, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're Michigan, you got to be competitive against Ohio State. That's really one of the big metrics you look at year in and year out is, you know, wins, bowl games, Big Ten championships, but even more than that. Or maybe even, you know, I shouldn't say more, but at least on par with that is Ohio State. Did you win or not? And it's been a minute since Michigan's beaten Ohio State, and it's recently continue here. I, I, I would take the points personally. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I don't. I honestly don't ever think. I don't ever think we'll really see Michigan beat Ohio State again. Like the way that Ohio State is really trending right now, um, they threw in uh, C.J. Stroud, so a local California prospect, freshman quarterback, and then he takes one fifty mm-hmm. yards against Michigan State, and then. Um, they have another freshman, I think Miller uh, is his name, yeah. who's also very talented. So they have two, four, five-star quarterbacks sitting right behind him. Um, they have all these receivers. They can always recruit their Ohio State. So, I mean, I really don't expect, at least in the next 10 years, to see Michigan beat Ohio State. It's going to take a lot. They're going to have to hit big on a quarterback, which Michigan hasn't been able to do. It hasn't been able to develop a quarterback for whatever reason with John Harbaugh being, quote-unquote, the quarterback whisperer. Uh, haven't seen that since I don't know when. I guess who was the last good quarterback to be at Michigan? Nard Robinson, and he was he was a good. He was athlete. a good, he was he was a good college good quarterback. quarterback. Like he Devin he Gardner, could do some. Maybe. I think the first like I think the real like the real one probably Chad Henney. To be say, honest, yeah, Chad yeah he would probably be the last one. That's <laughs> two thousand. Who knows how long? Yeah, that that's was. a lot. Yeah, that's a decade and a half. Decade and a half ago. I mean. <laughs> That's like three coaches ago. Like that's what I was saying. John Harbaugh was probably playing in the NFL somewhere at that point. <laughs> it's rough, very rough for the Big Blue this year and most years before that. Oh yeah. Um, so I feel like I was the only one that never bought into BYU and Zach Wilson. I never thought that this was a top ten team. Um, I thought every week the committee put them right where where they should be. They were fourteen in the first rankings and then thirteen. Um, do you remember back in 2006 when with Hawaii when they had Colt Brennan and they had this high-flying offense and they go to the Sugar Bowl and get absolutely whacked by Georgia? Yeah. And, like, unless you saw that game in real time, then you can't really understand, like, how bad it was. Like, you felt bad for Hawaii being out there. That's how I feel if BYU were to make the playoff or play any of these New Year's Six games. I think it would be the yeah. exact same thing, like, we need to stop thinking that every group of five team, every undefeated group of five team is the same. For example, UCF, uh, those two years they went, this was a team that had a ton of NFL talent on there, and they're in the state of Florida. You can recruit. You don't have to leave the state to bring in guys. You don't, you don't have to leave your section of Florida to develop, to bring in a team. So that's not the – and then um, Boise State, those, those early years, like when they beat Oklahoma – those were teams that were very well coached with Chris Peterson. No one can do more with less than he could. No one can develop talent like he could in college football. Um, and then Cincinnati this year, where, uh, where they're eight and zero right now, but they've this isn't a new where they've been this good. They've been a double digit win team for the last couple of seasons. So I don't think just the notion of BYU being in the playoff conversation or that they should be ranked ahead of Georgia because Georgia has two losses was ridiculous to me. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. Coaching seems like the biggest differentiator when it comes to these programs. I mean, Luke Fickle, 
Urban Meyer disciple, if I'm not mistaken. And if not, Urban Meyer, he was at least in Ohio. He was around the Ohio State program, so he knows how to develop talent, what winning culture looks like. And that's huge. Not to say Bronco Mendenhall isn't a good coach or that um, – or I guess he Bronco Mendenhall is at, is at uh, Virginia now. I'm, I'm dating myself. But not to say that BYU isn't a good program, but all things considered, they just don't have the talent across the board to be able to compete with some of these – power five program so i think you're right in the new year's six bowl i'd have a hard time putting my money on byu but i the only thing i will give byu is in this previous week with coastal carolina i mean it was a shortened week so i'll be curious to see you know if they give them a full week of preparation you're able to actually scout you know your opponent thoroughly and be able to have a routine i wonder if that changes the game at all because it was still a close game and i think the the short week favored coastal carolina just because it really made it more so a uh, an even playing field and allowed a lot of their talent to, to have more impact on the game than I think anybody had anticipated. So I don't know, man. I think I, I personally was fooled by the BYU Mirage. I think Zach Wilson's really good, but across the board, I don't think they have the talent to compete with the Power 5 program. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, I give, them, uh, I give them a ton of credit for not only scheduling the Coastal Carolina game last minute, but going to Carolina. It's like a 2,200-mile trip that they put together yep. on that Thursday. Um, but I don't know, like, people kept saying that they should be in the college football playoff discussion, but, like, I don't know. Was I supposed to be impressed by wins over Western Kentucky and North Jeez. Alabama? Like, I get that they had to completely redo their schedule, and I applaud them for being able to put this many games together. But what they did to this point kind of wasn't – it just wasn't impressive to me. Like, I didn't, I didn't buy into it. And I don't want to feel yeah. like I just hate on BYU. I just want I just want people to be realistic about it. And yeah. like some of it, some of it I think it is that people are kind of um they're kind of tired. So once again Alabama, Ohio State and Clemson are the top 3 teams in the country and people just want something they want something new. This is why kind of yeah. why people are pushing for the 18 playoff, why they want um like what was it Cincinnati or uh, Florida or somebody else in there because they want something different. But I mean, the, we we know who the top four teams are, and it's just it's just a reality of college football. No, I think you're exactly right. People want parity. People want to see a different face. People want to see you know different talent across the board. And honestly, I mean Zach Wilson. I really do think Zach Wilson is for real. I think uh, he's going to be someone that's a force for a long time. Whether it's college football or getting a shot in the league, I think he's probably a starting quarterback eventually. Um, I don't get paid enough to know if he's a starting quarterback in the league, but based on my uh, very amateur eye test, I would say he's got a shot. So, yeah, I think I think that's exactly right, though. People like to get excited about stories like BYU, even Coastal Carolina. Anytime you see a program that hasn't traditionally been outstanding in the last few years and to be undefeated. Also, I will say BYU, the margin of victory they were winning by, I think is really what fooled a lot of people, including myself. Um, not to say they're not still a great team, and maybe they're going to prove us wrong and go make some noise in the – New Year's Six, but uh, the fact they were blowing these teams out that we thought were pretty decent, blowing out Navy was a big one for me. I thought Navy was going to win that game starting the season, but um, that, I think, also just gave us the eye candy that we were all hoping for, and we took it hook, line, and sinker. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. Um, Let's get into some Heisman talk. So it's down to two guys, really, Kyle Trask and Mac Jones. Uh, Right now, I think at this point that Kyle Trask is a lock to win the Heisman with two games left. Uh, he's thrown 38 touchdowns in nine games against all SEC opponents, which is insane. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I saw something on Twitter a couple of days ago. It was a comparison between Trask and Jones because they played pretty much the same teams because it's all SEC opponents. And Trask has outperformed Mac Jones in every game in terms of the stat sheet. So I think right now that Kyle Trask has a has a good enough lead ahead of Mac Jones. I think even um, if he were to lose the SEC championship game, that Trask will win it. Because he's probably going to throw another five or six touchdowns against LSU this weekend and increase that total. Um, but if we're going to talk Heisman, I'm not. I'm going to make sure we give some love to guys like Devontae Smith and Najee Harris and Kyle Pace. I know it's generally been a quarterback mm-hmm. award, but got to throw those guys in there, give them the praise they deserve. Absolutely. And I wonder if that will hurt them almost. I wonder if that will hurt a guy like Mac Jones when you have so many other guys putting up gaudy numbers on your team. Like, I think it's a real thing because then they're kind of stealing some shine too. It's like, well, yeah, he performed fantastic. But, you know, just having Najee Harris on your team, Doc, you, you know, Heisman votes, I think you've made the argument for Kyle Pitts, honestly, for, for Florida. But I, I don't know if I'm quite as convinced as you. I think there's still a lot of uh, things at stake, notably the Heisman uh, in the SEC championship game. man. I think that Kyle Pitts is going to be a difference maker. Um, I'm interested to see how Alabama matches up with him. So let's go ahead and say, you know, Alabama comes in and, and wins by two, three scores. Kyle Trask throws three picks. Like, does that change the narrative at all for you? Oh, definitely, yeah. If he goes out there and, you know, he's below average, then and then Mac Jones go out, goes out there and he spectacularly throws 300 yards and five touchdowns, which is probably what he's going to do regardless, then it becomes, <laughs> it becomes a real discussion. But, I mean, like you said, like, just having – I think having other guys like Devontae Smith and Najee Harris on uh, on your team kind of takes votes away from you. So like usually like Heisman voting, it's like um, like it's broken down. So like usually guys on the West Coast will uh, will uh, what's it called vote for West Coast guys and uh, vice versa for East Coast and stuff like that. And then I know Kyle Trask is in the South still, but I mean when you have three guys up for the Heisman, those kind of votes are gonna get they're not going to get even, evenly divided, but they're going to take some away from uh, Mac Jones because you could make the case that he's not even the best player, that he's the third best player on his own offense. No, I think you're exactly right. And that almost is like, is that fair to Mac Jones that he's losing points because of having great guys around him? I don't know. But at the same time, I don't think it's fair to take away votes from guys like Najee Harris or Devontae Smith who are putting up awesome numbers. Like I think they should be in that conversation. So. It's it's not fair either way for Mac Jones and for his teammates. <laughs> really, okay. is what it comes down to. They're just the rich just keep getting richer. It seems like. Yeah, Alabama's become so good that none of their players can win the Heisman because they're all good. That the votes are just going to get divided because who knows? Probably the next four years, even their offensive line will be in the Heisman conversation at this point. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> for the guys that put out each and every year, it might be about time. Oh man, yeah, that line is. Um, their center was his name, Landon Dickerson, is mauling people up front. Like, he is tossing people, reaching the second level and throwing people out the way for Najee Harris. Like, it's it's very impressive. Like, like you yeah. said, no weaknesses across the board for this team, <laughs> whether it's defense, offense, offensive line. I think they might have even gotten a kicker now. Like, it's just, it's a very different uh, level that Alabama is playing at right now. I don't know how much COVID's helping that, but... I will just say this. COVID is making better teams better or good teams better and, and teams with bad culture just getting even worse. That's that's the thing for me is COVID's exposing culture more than anything. And so Alabama has probably one of the top two or three elite cultures in, the fo- in college football. And 
I mean, we're seeing a lot of that showing through, especially with the talent they get year in the year out. And it's just, it's, it's them in the field right now. Oh, definitely. Um, so before we get into some other topics, I actually want to go back to coastal Carolina. So, um, so I know what's it called. People have been talking about BYU. They should be up there in the rankings and stuff like that. Kind of to, uh, kind of go back on my hate on BYU, so to speak. But, um, do you think Coastal Carolina should be ranked in the top 10 uh, when these new rankings come out tomorrow? You know what? <sighs> top 10 is high because they were, what, 18? Eight spots feels like a lot to jump for me. Yeah. So top 10 I'd have a problem with. Uh, when it's all said and done, I could see them being in the top 10, quite frankly. I could see them being a top 10 team, but gosh, that'd be a big jump for tomorrow. I don't know. What are you thinking? I, I, I have a problem getting behind that. Top 10 feels high for me. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't expect to see it because um, who is it? No one in. Didn't anyone? In, yeah, no one in the top ten lost, right? Yeah. So no, I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah. So I don't. I still. I mean, I don't think they're a better team than um, Miami or Georgia, who I think are the um, the nine and ten spot. And then um, I don't think they're better than Indiana too, who's who's right outside of it. And then I also don't think they're better than Oklahoma, who's right outside of it too, even though Oklahoma has those two losses. And I know people want to, um, people want to get into the records. Like, oh well, this team is um, ten and zero, but this team is eight and two. The team that's ten and zero should be ranked higher. And it's kind of it's kind of irritating me the last couple of years when the committee just kind of like um, when they put the rankings out. You see the no losses teams are all first, and then the one loss teams, and then the two loss teams are right after that. And that's kind of irritating me. Where like I'm like, you know, some of these two loss teams are better than. Um, some of these one-loss teams, so I, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't expect to see Coastal Carolina up there. Um, they should be around uh, twelve or thirteen. They might end up probably just replacing BYU. That'd, be, that'd still be a pretty big jump for them. That'd yeah. still be impressive. And I mean, think about this: if you're Coastal Carolina, you became an FBS program how many years ago? Like to be ranked in itself, I think, is such a notable, you know, accomplishment for this program and. Uh, I mean, their culture down there, I mean, same thing I was saying before with Alabama, sure, it's maybe not a winning culture, but you can tell it's a culture that players want to be a part of and are buying into, and it's, it's paying a lot of dividends right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, let's go to, so, it's rivalry weekend. I mean, kind of. We've already had some, you know. It's, 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 it's <laughs> a, yeah, it's a pseudo-rivalry weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a COVID season. Like, there was games back in, September, and then now we still have some more rivalry games back in December. So this week we have Ohio State and Michigan, uh, Army and Navy, and then one of my personal favorites, USC and UCLA in the Battle of LA. So I want you to That'll give... That'll be a good one. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, what was it? So I... LSU, Florida, too. That'll kind of be a rivalry game. I mean... Right? I mean, typically, that's kind of a rivalry. Oh, <laughs> I mean, man. 24 and a half points per... <laughs> for Florida to cover, but... Yeah, they're probably going to cover that one again. Um, but, but yeah, let me get your top five college football rivalry games in order. Of all time? Um, yeah. Like, what would your, what was your top five look like? What would, like, Man, what are the, okay, what are the five is, best games? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. So, I, I may be a little bit biased here just because I've been able to go to this game, but, dude, number one for me... Army-Navy is such a cool game. I was able to go to that once when I was in New York, and Philadelphia was just a stone throw away. So 
went to that game and that was so cool i think to be able to experience the atmosphere and see just how much it means because nobody in that game with the exception of probably two or three guys a year tops are going to play football past that and so that's that's a pretty special thing i think to see up close and even before that i think it's a special game what it represents uh number two man it's got to be alabama lsu i know it wasn't as competitive this year but I have that very high on my sports bucket list, man. Like Alabama, LSU, in Death Valley, and Tuscaloosa, either one, two dedicated fan bases. It's usually two great cultures, two great coaches. Uh, I mean, just everything about that game is high stakes. And so I think that's going to be number two. Number three, gosh, man, this is a tough game. Michigan, Ohio State has to be three, I think, for me. You could easily swap two and three there. I think depending on who you're talking to and what region of the country they're from. But Michigan, Ohio State, I mean, that's just – you talk about bad blood. That is bad blood at its finest, and neither of those teams like each other one single bit. And so seeing how much they dislike each other just screams rivalry to me. It's like New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox kind of hate. Like it's crosstown, brother versus brother. They don't even call each other by their names. That's, I think, completely the definition of hatred. Uh, number four, man, Florida, Georgia. Growing up in Georgia, I didn't know – a darn thing about college sports, college football. I was like, what, like eight years old at the time, but I knew Georgia and Florida do not get along. <laughs> that's that's one thing that I knew for sure. Um, and that was, I think, crazy to even see up close that Georgia and Florida fans do not mix. It does not matter what time of year it is. Uh, number five, man, this is, this is a tough one. I kind of went back and forth on my fifth one here. And uh, gosh, this is so tough. I want to go Georgia Tech, Georgia, but I don't think that's actually a competitive enough rivalry game as of late to be relevant. So, number five, I'm going to have to go uh, Clemson and South Carolina, just, again, purely because of the hatred factor. These teams don't like each other. It's year-round. Uh, oh, you know what? Kendall, I spoke out of turn. Oklahoma, Texas, Red River rivalry. Not typically played on rivalry weekend. It's hard to say. Red River rivalry. Uh, so, I guess those are my those are my two at-large bids is Georgia Tech, Georgia, Clemson, South Carolina, but for my fifth spot, man, it's got to be Oklahoma, Texas, show the Big 12 some love. And just the caliber of players that play in that game year in and year out. I mean, how many times do you see that game and then see it just littered with first-round picks and guys that make plays on Sunday? So that's my rapid-fire top five, but I'm, I'm interested to, to compare with, with your list here in a second. Okay. All right. So I got Ohio State, Michigan, number one. Um, that's is the game. Like interesting, it's, so, yeah, that is, it's, that is the game. No like, Harvard Yellow might either, though. That also, that's also the game. Yeah, <laughs> like I know. Interesting enough. <laughs> like I know Michigan has been competitive. They have won the game, I think, since twenty eleven. But I mean, there's no game that gets me more excited on the during the week, Saturday morning, than when Ohio State and Michigan are playing. Like it is, it's yeah, just it's fair. just the game. There's just so much hype. So much hate towards one another. Like, I get, I don't know. I just have so much excitement when this game comes on. Like, I, I wait for this game all year. Even if the oh, game absolutely. is, even if the game is 55 to nothing. Like, I will, <laughs> I will sit there and I will watch the entire game. I get really excited watching this one. Um, I love that. Number two, Auburn, Alabama. I was kind of surprised I, that you didn't have one that one in there. Oh, um, man, I dropped the ball on that. Yeah, I would have put that in my top three for sure. If but I had to redo my list, I would have I would have given that to you probably. But oh, that's for sure. Yeah, I can't believe I missed that one actually. Iron Bowl. <laughs> Big atmosphere. Like there's certain games that are that are like regional, but I feel like even like in the West Coast and in the East Coast, that like people kind of get excited for 
Auburn, Alabama. That like all eyes are on that game. It's always, I mean, Auburn can't win the game unless they're at home. But I mean, they have plenty of talent. Yeah, regardless of what Auburn is, they're always going to give it. I know there was kind of a blowout this year, but I mean, that's all they had. Alabama was just that good. That's all they can give them. Yeah, it just wasn't. I mean, nobody's beating Bama this year, probably until not until at least January, if we're even looking at that. Yeah, um, or I guess well, actually, December could be. I digress. Florida, Florida, Alabama will be a great game. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, number three, Army Navy. Um, yeah, you got to go to the game. It's on my bucket list. Like, it's Army Navy. Like I said, like it's just Ohio State, Michigan. Like it's it's Army Navy. The whole country mm-hmm. tunes in. Um, play the game down in Philly. I'm kind of I'm kind of ex- upset that it's not its own weekend this year. But I mean. Being able to go from Ohio State to Michigan to Army to Navy uh, on my television this weekend is going to be very exciting. Uh, oh, yeah. Number four, Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, like, that's probably they, – they have the biggest event. I love that they play in October. I, I really love that they play in October, that it's not um, November, December, that you get ex- like you get excited for these big-time games, like two teams that hate each other in early October. Um and then number five, Florida, Georgia. Like you, you said it all. Like the hatred. Love it. Um, and I love that they play at a neutral field. Like that is a big aspect for me. I like that. The so world's I, largest cocktail party is the is one of the other uh, names they call it, which I could tell you. I guess I've never been again, but I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that's uh, an eventful game to go to before yeah. the game starts. Yeah. Yeah, I had to leave out USC UCLA. Like that's one of my personal favorites. I, I really like being able to watch that game. Um, it's really it's kind of upsetting that they're never good at the same time. Yeah. But like, I feel like that's kind of different this year though. Like, USC they're four and zero right now. Um, they played their best game that I've seen really in the last four years uh, yesterday. And then UCLA has a they have a nice solid team this year. They have two losses. The one was to Colorado who's undefeated. Colorado's really good this year. They're going to replace Washington probably at their number 22 spot in the rankings. They'll be up there this week. And then a three-point loss to Oregon on the road with a backup quarterback. So this is a, this yeah. is a solid UCLA team where they're kind of, even though USC is um, 4-0 and they uh, kind of have a, a few more athletes, they're kind of evenly matched. Like I really expect this to be a really good game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, I'm kind of happy that we're getting this game as early as we are because I don't know that if more games were to be played that we'd see both teams quite as competitive as they are right now. I think there's a lot on, on the line, though, obviously, with such a short season. And UCLA sitting in the spot they are, again, only two losses, and both of those being you know, pretty respectable. It's it's going to be fun. I'm excited that there's going to be uh, you know, some, some uh, higher stakes than what we typically see, but... Either way, man, I know it wasn't in your top five. It didn't make my top five either, but USC, UCLA, you and I both grew up in Southern California. That's the game, man. That's that's what people are getting hyped for year-round and what you talk about. 365, whoever wins has bragging rights for that duration. Oh, yeah. They're in the same city. Like, how can you... <laughs> they both wear home jerseys. How can... Game. That's hilarious. Exactly. How can you not love it? Like, they are... How far are they in distance? Because they're not... They're not that far. No, it's 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 close. It's yeah. close. Like you said, they both share the same Los Angeles, you know, address. So, yeah, man, there is there is bad blood, very bad blood, and I love the fact that I, you know, 
I, I kind of mentioned it before, but the fact that both wear home uniforms for this game is yeah. just a testament to how much this is for the real estate of Los Angeles football. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not going to wear a row jersey. Like, I'm in L.A. still. <laughs> Have to. The shortest the shortest road trip ever by any team. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, to man. Wear, to wear road jerseys. <laughs> exactly. Um, ooh, Washington just beat Pittsburgh. Oh, there we go. So, how All about... right, Redskins. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry. I forgot. I can't say that. Whoa, 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 whoa. All I right, forgot. Now... That's, that's taboo. <laughs> but, I mean, oh, man, that just, it just got a little, NFL just got more interesting. No, wait, oh, I don't, I don't want, I don't want Kansas City to have, I don't want Kansas City to have the number one seed. <laughs> I don't, like, it's already too easy for them. Some conflict of interest Exactly, there. like, I, I would like to have, like, maybe they have to go on the road for a playoff game, like, I mean, Pittsburgh probably won't even beat them anyway, but I mean. Yeah, just make them have to be a little more tested. Yeah, give them a little bit of a challenge. Like it's like the Warriors. Like, of course, of course nobody's yeah, gonna them, beat them. Yeah, make them earn it. Make them earn it, right? Make them run the gauntlet a little bit. Exactly. Like, oh man, they are. They gotta be bored. Like somewhat. They have to. Like somewhat. It's like, um, what is it? Like I feel like that's how like Clemson is like. The last few years, like, I know Alabama's been dominant in the SEC, but, like, that's still the SEC. Like, those are quality opponents with quality recruits and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, Clemson, yeah, exactly. like, Clemson exactly. had to be bored. Like, they look on their schedule, oh, we have uh, NC State or Pitt. And, you know, Dabble's got to go in there and try to give his, his speech. Like, you know, they they do some good things well. Meanwhile, the players are sitting back there, man, we're going to beat them by 50. <laughs> like, yeah. what is he talking okay, it might about? Not be that much, huh? Yeah, I think how hard it's got to be to be Dabo Sweeney and get your team fired up to play like NC State or like even like and like and even like teams that are good in the ACC. Like they just handled North Carolina, and it was just like, well. Guess oh, yeah. this wasn't that much of a game, huh? Yeah, like Miami earlier this year. Like we we're like Miami, like Miami low key has a squad this year. Like they can do some things. And Clemson was like, man, all right, we're gonna take care of business. And they blew them out of the water. And just, they just ruined the suspense, ruined the ratings for whoever had that game <laughs> on TV. Was excited about having it, like just messing up people's businesses as well. Like you get the Clemson game, you're like, well, this won't be great ratings for Pat's the first quarter, second quarter, like. People are switching the channel after that third or fourth touchdown by Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, Clemson beat Miami so convincingly and so bad that we don't even talk about Miami anymore. They are in the top ten, and we don't even talk about them anymore. Because we're like, they're not in the same class as Miami. Yeah, they're like, they're not in the same class as Clemson. They may be number nine, but there's there's a huge gap with number nine and number, uh, what is it, three? Like, right. So, which is which is too bad because I mean Miami wouldn't play for the conference championship. Yeah, like they have a good team, but I mean when you Miami play, won't even get a chance to play for it. Yeah, but when you play Clemson, you you start to look mighty average. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious to say about like you said, number nine team in the country just looking very mediocre. Because I mean, I really do think 
I wonder if it would be that much of a margin of victory if it wasn't a COVID year. I hate to harp on that because I know everyone's playing with the same deck, but some teams are just handling a lot better than others, and some of that could also be due to just recruiting. Like, Clemson is recruiting far and away better than some of these other teams. Yeah. Um, so, last thing. So, we were talking about earlier where, so, like, it's been established. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State are the top three teams. And um, mm-hmm. so, what was it? Colin Cowherd was talking about it last week where he was like um, – that college football is so one-sided where right now they have 85 scholarship players that they should cut it down to 70 to kind of, you know, even out the playing field. And, like, part part of me liked it, but part of me didn't. So, like, um, yeah, it'd be kind of good, you know, um, a little more competitive, kind of be a little more even. But I don't like that. Like, but then I don't like the idea of cutting down their scholarships because um, then your recruiting classes get, obviously they get smaller and now there's not a a three-star kid or um, even a four-star kid who can't go to Alabama or Clemson because they closed out their recruiting class when he should have the opportunity to compete there. And he might end up being an NFL player. Like, you don't don't know. They could, you could still be like the lowest, even the lowest-ranked, Guy, you know, in terms of like two four seven sports or rivals or stuff like that, is an NFL guy for for Alabama, and I think they should yeah. have that opportunity to go there. I completely agree. I think the recruits are the ones that lose out the most in that scenario. But honestly, kind of when I'm looking at it, I don't know that 15 scholarship makes that much of a difference for these Clemson's, Alabamas, you know, I don't uh, Ohio State's. Like, I don't know that that necessarily changes the game too much when you still have. 22 guys on both your team on, on your offense and defense that are probably going to go to the NFL if you're starting for any of those programs. So I think it would probably just keep the rich rich. Maybe, you know, some other um, recruits would lose out, like you mentioned, and, and, you know, not be able to play for the school of their choice and become more competitive. But I still think Alabama pulls who they want to pull, Clemson pulls who they want to pull, and, you know, guys that maybe wouldn't have played there or wouldn't have started there, you know, the guys that would have transferred out anyway, maybe they just cut that process out. But I don't know. I, I have a hard time thinking that 15 scholarships would change it too much for either of these programs for how well they develop and for how well they recruit right off the top. Yeah, that's very true. I don't know. Maybe it gives Alabama four receivers instead of five. I don't know. And then <laughs> maybe they can't go six deep at running back anymore. Maybe they can only go four. Like, <laughs> Yeah, which really would start to feel bad for them. Yeah. I don't know. I really hate that for them. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it gives a, like Ole Miss or Tennessee and – and uh, an extra pass rusher that can get after one yeah. of his quarterbacks. I don't, but yeah, like you said, like did I don't know how much of a huge difference it would make. It would make, you know, a small dent. But like when you're Nick Saban, Alabama, when you're Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, you're you're gonna be great. Like yeah, it isn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. One hundred percent. I'm with you. Yeah. I think it's that's the way it is. Yeah, that's just the. I don't know. I don't know. Like, do you ever expect to see a change? In the next like coming years, because it's not like Saban's gonna be leaving soon or or Dabo. Because like, where are you gonna go? Like, why would yeah, you? Yeah, and why would you leave? Why would you leave? Yeah, like you have one of the top five coaching positions, regardless of college or NFL. And uh, and then when you go to the NFL, at some point you're gonna get fired. Like, yeah, that's just yeah. the reality. Like, maybe it doesn't happen within the like the three years or five years. Um, oh, but, uh, for sure. But maybe but either way, yeah, it, it's gonna happen. And then you, 
the guys are getting paid more in a college low key than the NFL now anyway. It's bad. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you have just probably less stress too. Like, I don't know if that's all the way true, but I mean, I, I have a hard time imagining Nick Saban is is you know sweating too much about his job as opposed to maybe someone like I'm sure like Adam Gase is a very capable coach, but I mean, he's got dealt the jet, the Jets roster and probably got that's probably hey you got like. 30 to 20 games to make this work so good luck <laughs> yeah <laughs> so true all right well jd always appreciate you having on best guest i have for sure loves your insight always killing it my guy man thank you so much for having me on like i said i know this is the best podcast in the business so i'm just happy to get to spend money with you my dude this is this is a blast and I'm, i look forward to it every week we'll keep the show rolling baby appreciate it you the man